that was just transformational for me to understand the kind of love God's called us to. It's not a, a tit for tat, a you know, give and take kind of thing. It is, doesn't matter. You still love with his kind of love, which is a lay down your life sacrificing kind of love. Few people discuss the deep pain, anxiety, and anger that accompanies loving a prodigal. When the biblical prodigal returned home, God acknowledged the father's anguish in his overwhelming relief to see his wandering son return. Caring for a wayward person is a wilderness journey for the soul. In the middle of it, how do we make sure to also care for our own hearts? Today, we rejoin Gary and Judy Douglas as they continue their discussion from last week and explore how the parents of a prodigal find strength and hope. Before we join them, if you would like prayer for a prodigal you love or for any issue on your heart, World Challenge now has a prayer line. Call 833-WC-PRAYS, that's 833-WC-P-R-A-Y-S, or visit pray.worldchallenge.org, and someone would be honored to pray with you. We are able to make resources like the prayer line and this podcast available thanks to the generous support of our listeners. Please consider donating to power the mission and make these works possible. And now, here's our host, Gary Wilkerson. Welcome to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us here today. We're continuing um, talking about issues that I believe are really important in our lives, real down-to-earth stuff. And so we're thrilled to have with us in the studio today, Judy Douglas. Welcome, Judy. Thrilled to have you with us. Absolutely delighted to be here. (laughs) Thank Thank you, you, Gary. You just shared to our staff at a devotion a really precious message about mercy and love and grace, Mm -hmm. particularly in dealing with prodigals. At the worst moment, because there's always this, like, you know, some people call it rock bottom or just like, you know, and, and they, they are in, they're in hopelessness. Um, the, the difference I was noticed is like, you know, when my son was out there, uh, he was doing some pretty heavy drugs and drinking a lot. So he, his pain was masked by, like, he, he felt fine. You know, he's like, I'm high, I'm having a party. Uh, but my yeah. pain and my wife's pain was like un, unmedicated. Uh, you yeah. know, obviously we had the Lord to go to, but... The Lord doesn't always, in my experience, He doesn't always let you escape the pain. You tend to feel no, it. actually, so, He so, doesn't. Yeah, so the pain is part of the gift. Yeah. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about that. The, your pain. Yeah, my uh, pain. And how you call it a gift. So at at the worst, did you feel hopeless? Yes, okay. hopeless is absolutely the word because you don't see everything you've tried hasn't worked yet, and even though there were good times, there were more and longer hard times. And the, the choices as they get older are, are scarier because they have yeah, freedom right. to make to do what they want. And he was increasingly doing uh, drugs and drinking. And um, that he never got a DUI is a miracle, in my mm, opinion, right. because, um, yeah, <clears throat> I could tell you lots of funny stories about his 17 cars. But... Wow. Uh, it's for me. It just became this desperation, and and there were two specific things that made the difference for me. One was a sweet friend, in addition to my husband, who was there with me all along, yeah. but did not have the attachment to Josh that I did okay. at that time. Okay. And and so, it, but my friend lived down the street, and we were very close. And she at the drop of a hat would stop what she was doing and come and just be with me when I was in tears, when I was desperate, when I was afraid. Um, 
he they he was driving with a friend and they had an accident uh, and ran over uh, a big huge electric box oh, yeah. and the car caught fire. They were both knocked out, but Josh came to wow. and realized that the car was on fire. He managed to stumble around and pull his friend out before the f- car <coughs> is engulfed in fire. Mm. And I saw the car later, and it was all charred and Mm. and so you know to me god rescued him he was there in that but they said so we both decided we'll quit drinking and then later well the car had a problem we weren't it wasn't Wasn't, us and so you know in the moment they realized Mm -hmm. it was theirs but later they had excuses one of my chapters is on no alibis and Mm. so um it it I just, the other thing besides my friend who would listen and cry with me and pray with me is this group that that formed uh, Mm. when I started asking others to pray with us. And it became what is the Prayer for Prodigals ministry. Mm. And that I could post my prayer requests um, and they could post theirs and we would pray for each other. It was it was sweet, yeah. and that really <clears throat> took me through. But the other thing that it did was it pushed me to quit just holding on to my pain, but to really learn what God was doing in my life through it. Because I started writing to this group, uh, Prayer for Prodigals, mm. every month I wrote them a letter. Yeah. And um, those became my walking through what God was doing in my life. Mm. recognizing that he's still working in Josh's life, even if I don't see it, if it doesn't look like it. He was still working in him, but he was also working on me. And I may not be the prodigal my son was, but I am a prodigal. Mm -hmm. You are a prodigal. We all are. And and so God's God's got a lot of work to do Mm -hmm. to get to his goal of making us like Jesus. And when I think of myself, I'm so far from being like Jesus. What do you think the—this is probably an unfair question. If you could only say one word, like what was he most trying to work in—you said he was working in you, not just Josh. Is there one word that would describe what he was after or a sentence? Mm. Well, probably two words. Okay. Grace is one of them. Okay. Understanding his grace toward me hmm. that he wanted me to extend to our son. Okay. And that being fairly revolutionary in the prodigal world. Yeah. It, it isn't a grace world for the right. most part. Right. The second is I would probably use the word surrender. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> my life has always been wanting my own way. You ask my family, they would agree. <laughs> uh, they actually did that once when I, they were where I was speaking. And I said, and, you know, everybody was miserable if I wasn't getting my own way. And I look over here, and my mother and sisters are all just mm-hmm. nodding their heads. So when I came to Christ when I was in high school, it was um, a wonderful message on what uh, Christ's death on the cross, what my sin had caused, mm-hmm. had cost him. And so I'm like, wow. But then the speaker said this amazing thing. Not only will he come into your life, does he want to come into your life and forgive your sins? He also wants to show you his better way for your life. And I went, God has a better way for my life than I do. And it was almost like I signed a contract Hmm. that said, I choose your way, not mine. Thinking then that that was settled. Mm, till the next morning when something didn't go my way and I'm like oh and then I realized this is the rest of my life is getting to choose will I do what God wants or will I do 
what yeah. I want. I'm and so glad you heard that message because that's – I don't want to get off the track here. I want to stay on your story, but it, it just as a little sidebar here, it, you know, one of my pet peeves is, if, that, if you could call it that, is – it seems to me, not to be critical here, but that the church, rather than preaching a message of the cross like you heard it, that said, you know, he has a way for you and you have to follow his way, we're almost saying, like, what's your way? And then God will come into your life and help you make your way. Like, he's there to serve you. It's, it seems like we're this American culture has a lot of— There is a uh, lot of that, of, uh, without you know, a doubt, because uh, you you, know, they've been told you can do anything uh-huh. and, and you're looking for who God made you to be. And that's all true, yeah. but— it is not true by just your figuring it right, out. Yeah. It is a surrender to him. Yeah, I heard and, it. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just somebody was saying, uh, a friend of mine was telling me last week, he, he was calling it, uh, we've switched from theology to meology. You know, it has a lot to do with me. You know, what, is, what does Jesus have, uh, you know, for me and my job and my finances and, you know, and, my, you know, and that's not so much the cross-centered life anymore. So that's good that you learned grace and the surrender. For me, it was... Um, trust that I realized, I realized yeah. how, how little I trusted him. Th- I thought I did, but when, you know, you're, when he's telling you to offer surrender your child to, to him, you're going like, well, you haven't, you know, my, very accusational. You haven't done a very good job with him so up far. to this point. Yeah, so yes. why should I trust you with the rest Absolutely. of his? Absolutely. That's why uh, there's a whole chapter on trust uh, on in trust, here. yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, grace, grace is. So you wrote these uh Letters to the prayer for prodigal community. And is that still it, that's online it's now? Still going. It's go an on. online community. We'll, we'll we don't know each other very much okay. personally, yeah. but we pray for each other and especially for each other's prodigals. Yeah. And, uh, good. And you need that prayer, and, oh, and yeah. you're not alone. The first one you wrote was was it Grace? Love. Love. Okay. Good to start with that. Yeah. And what, uh, tell us a little bit about about uh, <clears throat> how how the Holy Spirit spoke to you about loving the prodigal. A couple of things. One, what I shared before, that he shared his love for me, for my son. And that's a supernatural love far beyond anything I'm capable of. And it was necessary um, because he did so many things to reject that love. Um, And I'm going to come back to that in a second. But, uh, But the idea that God... Is where he's a flow through God. He mm-hmm. does work in us that he will then do in others' lives exactly. through us. Yeah. And so he, I began to understand that. The other second thing was in my falling in love with this kid when he's born in my heart as my son, much later than when I got him. But um, I wanted him to be able to love me in return, which we all would like that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would find myself saying, Lord, can't he ever? love back Mm. and um could he just say i love you on a mother's day card or something Mm. and uh god says judy (coughs) don't you know unconditional love has no conditions Mm. and so what my love is is unconditional for you and your love for him needs to grow into being unconditional where you're going to love him no matter what if he never loves you back. Mm. For him to, to love me was a betrayal of his birth mom, who he okay. still loved mm. and occasionally saw. Mm. She was around. And so it, that was just transformational for me to understand the kind of love God's called us to. Mm. It, it's not a 
a tit for tat, a you know, give and take kind of thing. It yeah. is doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. still love with his kind of love, which is a lay down your life sacrificing kind of love. Yeah which we're not capable of. Right, no, so, it takes, it takes so yeah. that's those are the love things I will yeah. tell you. It took him 12 years to mm. say I love you. Wow. And now every time he texts me, he most often texts and says, would you pray for me today? Mm. And then he says, I love you. Wow, and so sweet. it's a really sweet <laughs> thing, but it took a long time. When you say it took 12 years for him to say he loves you, it sounds like you remember the actual event when he first said it, do you, or do you? you know, what, what was? What did he say? And how? How and when? What was? Well, uh, he he's been married twice, and he and his first wife. It was a fairly not wonderful marriage, and mm. um, they had a big fight. And one of the things that I've always appreciated is, for all his acting like a tough person all the time, he really wasn't violent, mm. and so he had never hurt her, which they could have because they were drunk a lot. Mm. And um, anyway, he was so drunk that he ended up, he was swinging a a hairdryer around and it hit her, Uh, at which point he was horrified that he'd actually hit her, but then he passed out. And so the next Uh, morning when he came to, uh, he realized, because she had a a place on her head, mm. he was just really horrified that he had actually hurt her. Mm. Uh, they could yell and scream, and that was not a problem, but mm. the hurting he wouldn't do. And so he he just was like, oh, I didn't mean to hurt her, and I did. And he says, and that's, that's what I've done to them. So he called us. We happened to be in Colorado mm. at the time. Mm. He called and he says, I love you guys. I uh, love you. Thank <clears throat> you for all you've done for me. I love you. Wow. And so, yeah, it was very special. Yeah, yeah. So this is a long process, too. You're talking from the time he's eight. Now this story you're talking about, it was he's in his 20s. So you're, you've gone through a – it wasn't sort of a, no. a one-time prayer. It's not a click your heels together. and you know, <laughs> Not at all. It wasn't name it, claim it. It's it was a long wilderness journey. Wilderness, yeah. You speak about that quite a bit in your book. Tell us a little bit about that, the wilderness. Well, in the wilderness, um, you – often can get lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in this, with a, in, with a prodigal, you feel lost. You don't, you don't know the way forward that's a good way for, for him or her and for yourself. And so you're lost. Uh, there can be scary things out there. I mentioned mm-hmm. uh, in Florida, you always have scary snakes mm-hmm. in, when you go in the wilderness. <laughs> and. Um, and gators, gators can be there. We have a, a conservation area behind our house, which huh. is a euphemism for swamp. <laughs> and um, and so the first week we were there almost, there was, a, no, maybe not quite that early, there was a little baby gator that came out. Oh, no. And uh, we haven't heard any, we hear them, we haven't seen any more. You can hear the bull gators. Okay. I mean, oh, wow, you know, funny. there's. it's just, there's. it's a wild, it's very different than here. We don't have any snakes. We have uh, the thing you'd come maybe coyotes, foxes, and the one you want to avoid is the, the bears. You and don't get. We, you don't, we have lots. You have of bears. bears. No, they're black bears. A Florida bear. I've never heard of that. Oh yeah, lots of oh, them. Okay. And they're even still Florida panthers. So there's a lot of okay. So there's but a lot of strange stuff many. there. Yeah, and yeah, spiders. And so and to go in the wilderness in Florida, it's a little. You're very alert. You're watching where you're going, where you're stepping. Actually, at night, if I come home in the dark, I. 
clap my hands like this yeah, yeah. to make the ga- the snakes leave yeah, yeah. Uh, because we've had some yeah. at our house because we have a conservation area. But anyway, so that's the wilderness. And when you love a prodigal, you don't know what's coming next. Yeah. You don't know what hard thing. You don't know if your kid's going to be in a terrible accident or if they're going to get arrested Mm -hmm. which they should have been many more times than they are and uh you you don't know if they're going to overdose i have a friend of mine whose book is coming out very soon Um, and twice she's called to the hospital because her son is overdosed on heroin Mm -hmm. and and so she's telling her story of and so you don't know those things. Yeah. And the uncertainty yeah. is a lot of what makes it the, a wilderness. And the the fear, uh, I know we're not, you know, perfect love casts out fear, and that's in my book. Right. But at the same time, it takes a while for us to get there because yeah. it is a scary thing what might happen to this person you love. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you live through it for, I would say, our wilderness part, the first part was not really wilderness. Lately, it's not a wilderness. Yeah. But we're looking at 15 solid years mm. of these ups and downs, hard things, risky things he's doing, bad choices. Um, is scary. Yeah. Did you ever get angry at God? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I believe God's honest, quite yeah. able to handle my anger. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, you know, you talked about your son's uh, attachment disorder and the, the thing about knowing Christ is if if you understand what his nature and character is like you don't have to suffer through attachment disorder because he's he's willing to be attached to you no matter what you bring to him and right. and so there's been some studies recently uh, brain chemicals that they study in children when they're screaming and angry and and um uh, throwing a fit when the mother picks up that child and takes him close to her that I don't know how they determine this I, I can't understand science but it's not just an emotional thing but they they've actually see that the mother absorbs the emotion of the child and, and yeah, I've read like a lot take, about that. Have you read that? Taking yeah. it, I don't understand, but taking it away. The, so but that, that was really hard to do with Josh. I imagine so. Yeah, he but Jesus does that with us. us. He takes. Yeah, he, he wouldn't let he us. He wouldn't let you to, to yeah. hold him. Oh, okay. No, and so touch, that yeah, was yeah. Uh, that was always a challenge because right. I think that would have made a difference. Yeah. I I got advice from some counselors on that earlier, mm. and when it just wasn't. In yeah. the well, you know, plus he's, yeah, and I'm, the one I'm talking about is like you know, six months old, stuff like that. You know, by the time they're eight or ten, there there's always there's a lot of history already, yeah, and so it makes it much is. more difficult a, uh, whether they want to be touched to or not. That, what, the, you know, what happened to the them? Holding them close is a key thing to help with uh, the sense that they're abandoned mm-hmm. or that um, that nobody really loves them. Right, right. and so. Yeah. That's a great thing to be able to do. Yeah. I would rub his back a lot because mm. it was kind of the only way you could touch him. Okay. And he needs touch. Yeah. Everybody needs touch. Absolutely. And yet he's got this wall With around wall, him. Yeah. So, yeah. in your wilderness, then, um, if if uh, you know, I don't want to skip ahead too much to the end of the story. But you know, obviously he's doing well now. And I, I read the end of this of your book, and his, there's a letter in there that he he wrote. Um, but what if, you know, so you're in the wilderness, you know, normally the Christian story ends, and then they, they came back to the Lord, the prodigal came home, 
what would you think? And I don't know if you ever thought about this or not, but but you know, for some of my friends, the story has not ended That's well. Right, and I know many like right, that. yeah, and so there's no guarantee. Right, what, they how, get a choice. Yeah, and how do you? Uh, how, um, how do you? What, have you? Ever, did you ever think about that? Like, what yes. if this? What if this wilderness doesn't have a, a, a an, an ending that I'm hoping for? Well, that has a lot to do with the way this drove me into the arms of the Lord okay, yeah. and uh, teaching me that uh, that God is trustworthy, yeah. uh, even if I don't always see it. Um, there's a story, uh, there's a book called on Heinz Fate on High Places mm-hmm. that I've read it four times wow. at key times in my life when I was not walking, trusting God with situation. And in each case, God just did a wonderful work to, to remind me he's working. And in one chapter, a little much afraid, the heroine of the story um, is trying to get to the high places to live where the good shepherd is. And she and her suffering, her companion, sorrow and suffering, get lost in the fog in a valley. And she actually gets separated from her companions. She's all by herself. She can't see anything. She doesn't know where to go. And she's like, I'll never get to the high places. I won't ever get there. And she says, oh, but the shepherd said, if I need him, just call and he'll come. (laughs) She says, shepherd, come. And he was there. And she said, shepherd, why have you left me in this fog where I can't see and where I don't know what's happening and he says you'll get through you'll get through you just need to know I'm working even when you can't see that I'm working and so God's working in the life of that person I love and he's working in my life and he's got both of those things at heart Um, you there are no guarantees I believe that when a prodigal, somebody who's walked away, senses love and acceptance, knowing like in Luke 15 that the father really is mm-hmm. going to welcome them back and not say, oh, it's you. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it, but here's what you have to do before we'll even consider you're coming back. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it happens a lot. And so I think it's much harder for those to come back. Mm-hmm. When there is a sense that even though I've blown it, even though I took everything that I could from my person who loved me, my family, um, they still love me and they still would welcome me. Then, then after that, you can say, we want you here, but let's talk about what's going to make this work. Mm-hmm. But that's different than saying, here's the, re- the way you can come back. So I think they come back more easily. I have seen more people when mm-hmm. they change from this harsh response to a loving welcoming merciful gracious then it it happens more still no guarantee people make choice just like god's waiting for all these people that he loves and doesn't want any of them to be lost not a single one but some don't choose and so i don't you know i don't like that i would like it to be a different thing but at the same time, I know God's love, and I know that he does everything mm-hmm. that he can to shower that love, to do good to us, to give us reason to trust him. Yeah. And, and so for me, 
it was just this driving me into the arms of the Lord yeah. and learning to trust Him at a depth that I, I never love had that. before. Yeah. So. Yes, He's so so, uh, so capable of touching our children or the, the prodigals in our life. It would be a spouse while working in us simultaneously. You know, and you think it's all about, I'm going to pray yeah. for my spouse or my child to bring them home to the Lord or get them out of their addiction. And, and you see all along he's been working in both of us. And so much of what you wrote here has has stuff, you know, for us helping the prodigal, but also helping us through our wilderness. Or, it's, or it yeah. is mm-hmm. more about helping us. Yeah. It, right. it, it is about helping the prodigal, right. but it is more about letting God do his work in us. Yeah. And that's why I see our son is such a gift yeah. because he was the way that God has done. Could he have done the work in my life that he's done in other ways? Of course. Mm-hmm. And he has done some of it. Sure. But this was the powerful, mm-hmm. intentional, I can't miss it way yeah, yeah, uh, that he has worked in my life to to depend on him, yeah. to trust him, to yeah. pray, to learn about grace. In, in grace, he says that, come on up. In Hebrews 13, come up up to the throne of grace. And and when I think of a throne of grace, it's like that means maybe that the throne is made of grace and that where God is actually sitting there waiting, inviting us to come. He's sitting on grace. He's letting grace flow through. And I just think we don't get nearly enough understanding of grace. What a great word picture of Throne of Grace. I never heard that before. Like uh, speaking of prayer for prodigals, would you mind praying uh, for those listening that oh, have yeah. a prodigal in their life, or maybe they're a prodigal themselves? They're they're getting. You know, they are uh, just yeah, maybe not true. in yeah. those situations. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Would you mind? I would love to pray. Prayer? Thank you. Jay. Thank you so much. Oh, Father, thank you that that you love us, yeah. and each one of us is truly a prodigal, but you weren't happy to leave us there, and so you made it all this big plan to send Mm -hmm. Jesus uh, to rescue and redeem and reconcile and restore us as your very own children. You adopted us into your family. You said, I'm your father, and I'm going to care for you, and Mm -hmm. I have good plans for you. Lord, what you have done for each of us, you will do through us for those that we love who have walked away. For some, it's just they've turned their back on you, Lord. Mm -hmm. They've walked away from their faith. For others, they uh, have walked away just from their family. And Mm -hmm. I know that just breaks people's hearts. And some have walked away into really risky lives and behavior. And uh, as I always was afraid that our son would end up in jail or not alive anymore. Mm -hmm. And, And Father... In all of that, you will work through us. You will give us the love to keep loving. And I pray that for everyone who has it, that they would have uh, the resource, the unquenchable resource of your unconditional love, that they would learn about love and grace and mercy, that they would learn to trust you and understand that you are God, you're able but you're also very, very good, and and you care even more about our prodigals than we do. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, I pray for the work you do in those we love and in us that we will see your hand, your strength, your power through your spirit to enable us to walk through this wilderness 
and to do as you said in Romans 2, to woo back through loving kindness those who have walked away. Mm, Give us each trust, faith, uh, the ability to just surrender to you so that you can do amazing work in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. It oh, was a wonderful pleasure. conversation. And I know it's going to be so helpful for all of us who are um, wanting to love, like you are talking about the kind of love here. And the book is called When You Love a Prodigal and uh, 90 Days of Grace for the Wilderness. Pick it up uh, on Amazon or uh, anywhere. Or anywhere is going to have it at bookstores. Yeah. yeah. Thank you again. God Thank bless you. Thank you so much, Gary. God bless you. Thank you. As we love the prodigal in our life, we must remember how much God loves us and them. No matter how dark the circumstances seem, our Heavenly Father is working for good in both our lives and theirs. He is not surprised by our fear or anger. He is right beside us as we wait for our wayward loved one to return home. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge. Sound design for this episode by Mike Hallsmith. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wickington with video production by Aaron Gale. World Challenge is incredibly thankful for the support we receive from many people across the country who believe in our mission. We are able to continue creating resources like this podcast because of donations from listeners like you. We hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson podcast for more encouragement in your Christian walk. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.